Stay tuned to Vinyl Community Podcasts. Buddies, we are back. Back in the building, back on the block, back on your podcast listening software or YouTube watching software, whatever it is. I am Concert Buddy. This is another Vinyl Community Podcast presentation of Mind of the Record Collector. I'm doing air quotes there because I'm still working on branding with legal, but uh, I'm joined by somebody I've been wanting to talk to for a minute and actually met him what, a month ago. It's about a month coming up on yeah, a month. But, Yeah, close to it, yeah. Yeah, so this is Patrick and the, the man of many names. And we're back to PB Thaw, but before that, it was the Vinyl Archivist. I've heard Sacktown yes. Ripper. Um, that was is never there any other names? What other names am I leaving out here? That I can say on on, on in public, but no. This is, mean, adult, this is adult presentation. If if it's if the more vulgar, the that's, better. That's pretty much better. There was never a Sacktown Ripper. That was more of a that was more of an insertion from Rachel. You know, scratch. To, okay. <laughs> so so I mean, I was the vinyl archivist. I I think I started out as like Mister Rogers' vinyl neighborhood or something. It was it was something like you know like kind of like Eddie Murphy. Take on Eddie Murphy Saturday. Sure, Mister Robinson's neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mister Robinson does it. Mister Robinson's neighborhood. But then that just wasn't 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 going over well. So, I understand. Well, appreciate you joining, Patrick. Let's get into it. Let's talk about. Well, hopefully, a lot of the folks listening, watching, where have you, are familiar with you, like I am, and that's through the YouTube experience. And I want to be very clear: vinyl community does not just mean only YouTube. I just happen to know most people in the vinyl community through YouTube. That said, uh, how long have you been? dipping your toes in this vinyl community water and YouTube and, and what brought you to that arena? So I think I started my channel in probably 2012. Um, and, but I, I never made videos or anything. You know, I was actually one of the original members of the Facebook group um, that started with Derek Higgins and like mm. his sister, Stephanie. And I think Jonas, uh, um, sublime media was was one of the first and um but you know i never i never made videos and but i watched religiously i would watch people like um biosite lazarus and um you know those kind of people that they were the pudsy and um and i watched the i would barbecue outside and i would get my ipad out there and i would watch mm. videos while i was barbecuing and that's what and i watched ron Beaudry for a while you know so so i would always watch but i never actually made videos until probably three years ago when the pandemic was, was in full swing and I had just, I had broken my leg or I had my knee replacement, one of the two and found myself with a lot of free time in, inside the house. Okay. So then a question I get often and maybe you get it too, is what does vinyl community mean? What does it mean to you? Let's start there. Oh man. Uh, it's different. It, it, it kind of fluctuates. I mean, for me, vinyl community is, you know, is anybody, Anybody that, that, that comes around and wants to hang out, you know, I mean, I mean, I mostly do live streams and and to me, that's my community, you know, is like the people that come in um, day in, day out, you know, that I can rely. I mean, I can tell you this Friday when I do my stream, I can tell you exactly 10 to 12 people that I know will be there right. religiously unless something's going on. That's my community. And it, and more. A lot of people make videos just straight videos. I do more live streams and videos because mm -hmm. that's just more I'm, I'm more into. So, you know, but that's my vinyl community or the people that I associate with that, that I kind of vibe with, you know, like, you know, I'll watch your streams. I'll watch other people's streams, people, you know, and you just tend to kind of float around in, in, in that realm to find people that, that, that you're connected with. And I, I, I tend to gravitate to people who are passionate about music, even uh -huh. if it's not music that I like, you know, like, like, 
like a good example is Mazzy, you know, where Maslow, mm-hmm. I don't like a lot of the music he talks about, but he's, he's, he tells such great stories. He's so into it. It's infectious. You know, he's one of, you know, I, and I don't even like some stuff like John bit Bob boom, probably my favorite channel in the whole vinyl community. You know, his passion for, for music and rock and roll is, is unparalleled for anyone mm-hmm. I've met, you know? And so I, I like to learn from people and I like to help other people with what I might know. So that's my community. No, I dig it. Yeah, because I think uh, you know, painting it with a broad brush of vinyl community, I, I'm the same way. I think it means different things to different people, but I think in, I think it's all centered in, like you said, the passion of music and how we collect it. Like I had uh, Moni, uh, Moni Muse, I always mispronounce it, uh, on a couple weeks ago, and like she collects CDs. Like she collects vinyl too, but you know what I mean? I think it's not just exclusively records, but it's more centered no. in that that passion for music. And I think that when you start like, you know, having these boundaries of, well, you listen to CDs, you can't be part of the vinyl community. I think it's foolish, you know, nonsense, but. Look, look I, at Stephen Schnee, you know, Stephen Schnee knows more about eighties power pop stuff than anybody I know. And he collects CDs. And it's like, I'm not going to n- not hang out with him because he doesn't <laughs> have a record. It's like, yeah. I, I learned so much. And ha- I also have to spend so much money th- th- dealing with these people. So maybe I should separate myself because <laughs> some of these people could cost you some money, man. Oh, that's yeah. the truth. Honestly, I think uh, before I started uh, watching this content years ago, before I even started doing my channel and this stuff, I mean, yeah, I would learn, like you said, the learning is really awesome. And that was something that kind of drew me, drew me into the community. But yeah, like if somebody's like, oh, this is a great record, it would, I would kind of you know, bypass go, like Monopoly. I would just pass go and go right and get the record. Now, sometimes <laughs> that's great. Sometimes that's great. Sometimes it's like, eh, I probably should have checked this out on the streamer first. But you know? learn whose who's, who's tastes are in line with yours and whose For tastes sure. aren't after over time. But in the beginning, yeah, it's like, oh, wow, I got to go get that. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it can, so it got costly. It got costly, and there are times that I've had to be, you know, okay, man, level check it because, and and, and this isn't like calling anybody to the carpet, but like Mike Ingroove or um, like Chad Cassum, right? At the end of the day, they're there to sell records, but yes. they're also passionate about what they do. So you have to kind of like walk that line of, you know, they say it's a really great record, and it probably is in there. But I, I, I've had, I have heard Mike say that some of the stuff, you know, he's showing like on his like new rivals is not good. You know, he will actually call a spade a spade and say, yeah. so I give him credit for that. He'll sit there and go, this is not a good record. <laughs> you know, if you want to buy it from me, but if you want it, <laughs> you can have it, but this is not a good record. So that's why yeah. I appreciate about Mike. No, nah, same here. Same here. Well, let's talk about uh, your actual collection. Um, are, are you, and, and I'll let you say in your own words, but I'm picturing that you're probably not one of these guys who got rid of their their vinyl years ago, or or are you? Oh well, it depends on how, what you mean by got rid of. So well, like so, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. I mean, not giving away the school, but you know, like look, you know, you're what in your fifties? Uh, yeah. yeah so, so so like there was the the phase where CDs came in, right? And and it sounds like a lot of folks, and I was one of them too. Like when CDs came in, I didn't need any records. And then when streaming came in, I didn't need CDs. So it, it seems like not everyone does that. Like there are folks that held on to it. Where did you find yourself there? Well, I mean, I had my first collection and the, you know, the kind you start when you're a kid and you, mm-hmm. and you build your collection. And then I had, I didn't get rid of it, but I packed it up. Uh, I went on the road for several years working for bands. And when you're doing that, you know, I didn't have a place of my own. We, we played 48 weeks out of the year. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I would, I would just, we would just travel so I packed up all my records. I took them to the bass player's house in my hometown, bass player's brother's house, and left them there. And so, and then for, and then all that time passed, and I never went back for a long time. And so I stopped doing that. And then this is now I'm on my second record collection. 
Um, so, so I never actually really got rid of it because of CD. I got rid of it out of necessity. Mm. And so, and so I actually finally ran into the person who I left them with. And, and of course he took them to goodwill and got rid of them. I'm like, oh, oh, that bastard. <laughs> but, well, it's been a long time, but I, I wasn't upset, but I mean, I was just like, going, you could have gotten so much more for that, but, oh, oh man. But, but yeah, so, so this is really my second collection here. And a lot of people, but it wasn't because of CDs that, that, that caused me to do that. Sure. Just life stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what kind of like numbers you like your current collection? Cause I know, and we'll kind of get into it a little bit. We talk about the, the ripping element, but are you, cause you do move off of records. Like you, you, you'll, you'll rip one and then you'll have some of these auctions. We'll talk about that in a little bit. What, what's your current counter ballpark of your current collection? Seven to eight. Okay. If I, if I count cubes, yeah. So, okay. Perfect. And about probably about twenty five hundred singles. Oh wow. Okay. So so I'm not counting the albums as sim, but yeah, singles and you know, I have I have like three cubes of twelve inch singles, um, which I really love. I love twelve inch singles, and I probably have seven cubes of jazz. Believe it or not. So I'm not a jazz bum, but <laughs> I'm treading lightly here because <laughs> you know. I know how you had a bad experience in the jazz jazz world, but yeah, so. oh yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, I, I've been shamed in so many ways that this last yeah. year that I'm just used to it, but no, I'm <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. Well, yeah, a lot so, of I people. Mean, well, I was gonna say a lot of people that collect records, right? Like one thing I hear, and I'm, I'm from this too, is like they collect other things. Did do you collect things besides vinyl records? Not anymore. When I was a kid, I started. I collected um, stamps. I collected coins. Um, I think that's about it. But the, but the guy who got me into and I actually I'm actually writing an article for Record Collector News, um, and I'm talking speaking how we met at the Austin show. I'm doing stuff about you know tips and tricks to do go, when you go to record shows, and uh -huh. um, and so I start by talking about this guy that I met in West Texas when I was in my 20s named Willie. He was a roadie for the 13th floor elevators. Nice and. Um, and he kind of took me under his wing and taught me about collecting. Like he told me about, you know, he didn't know about pressings, but he, he taught me about like, you know, the, the finger cover for love it to death or the finger cover for Moby grape or what label to look for, look for the straight label other than the Warner label for early Alice Cooper, you know, that kind of stuff. And he started, but he was starting to get out of it. He was starting to get into collecting autographs, but, um, hmm. but he had like, like, like 10 sealed 13 floor elevators albums of every one of them. You know, this was, I was like, now I think about it, but he took me to my first record show in Dallas. I mean, that was like, you know, he was like kind of my mentor to start off with things. And I have no idea how I got on this tangent, but, but, um, <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, so, so oh, collecting other things. So yeah, but other than that, I don't really, I, I haven't collected anything else, you know, in a long time. I'm not, I mean, it's all about records for me and I'm not, and I, and, and as we talked about, I'm not, I'm not, attached to my records not all of them you know my, my collection is very fluid you know? hmm. nice what um where are you at least at the time of this filming because it, it talking about fluidity where are you finding most of your records are you doing them like on hunts you're going to stores you're going to fairs like we were talking about Austin a second ago um is it the online thing or is it kind of like a poo-poo platter of all the above you know i think uh I think my motivation, I used to be, I mean, I, when I first, I mean, like, like 10 years ago, man, I mean, I was like gung ho, man. I would like, I would like go to Craigslist and I would like email mm -hmm. people say, are you selling records? How many mm -hmm. are you selling? Can I come early? Blah, blah, blah. And I would like map it out and just go hit boom, 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 boom. And I would time it. So, you know, I could get there like 10, 15 minutes early because it's all about being there first. I mean, as yes. you know, I mean, you've got to mm -hmm. be there first. 
I would hit every garage sale. I'd go to every flea market. I would drive like 50 miles to a flea market, you know, I mean, and I was just accumulating. I was just like, you know, and it was like a drug. <laughs> it was like, it was like, Oh my God, you know, sure. you know, cause, cause and, and things were so cheap back then, you know, 50 yes. cents a dollar, you know, I, I was like, God, I was coming home with like these amazing things, you know? So, I mean, I would hit everything, you know, but now, you know, I've kind of, you know, I, I'm starting to get back into it, but I mean, not like I was before, you know, and, and there's, it's too cutthroat now. It's like people now it's their job, you know, to go, oh, yeah. to, to go find this stuff, you know? And it's like, you know, I, I'm, I can't sit for three hours waiting for this like estate sale to start. No, you no, know, no. I, I can't get there. You know, if I, if I show up and, and it's been picked through and I, and usually even if it's picked through, I can find stuff that I know is worth stuff that know that people left over because when you're at, when, when you know, you know, my, my specialty is like pressings and stuff like that. When you know mm -hmm. that stuff that, that may be more common or people just don't know about, you can like find value in. So. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I was at an estate sale a few months ago and, and this, it was even billed as an audio file estate oh, sale, which great. is kind of right. Especially my area. <laughs> yeah, right. So I was like, Oh no, this is going to be very competitive. Exactly what you're talking about. And uh, sure as shit it was, I mean, they're handing out numbers. Like I went, kind of a few hours before it started and they're like, Oh, you're here for the estate sale. Yes. And no one was there. I'm like, Oh man, I, maybe I've just luck of the Irish. And they're like, Oh no, here's a number. Come back in two hours. And I was like, number like 72. I'm like, Oh man. And, and, but to your point, it was interesting is, and I think this is the value of the watching these YouTube videos, at least one of the values is that if I don't know of an exact title or don't know the history of it, at least I've seen the cover, at least I've heard, you know, the yep. artist, et cetera. And so I was at this estate sale and that's exactly what you said. I'm number 72. I come in been picked over a lot by that point, but there were still a lot of gems that, you know, people didn't even know about it. It wasn't even just pressing. It was just things like, how can this get passed over? Oh, this is only $5. Great. This is like a $70 record. So I think there's inherent value. The more information you surround yourself with, even oh, if yeah. you don't, you know, like write everything down or keep spreadsheets or what have you, just seeing things, sometimes you can kind of be like, at least it triggers Hey, I better pause. I can't on tell thing. you how many original blue notes I saw in the, those days and had no idea, <laughs> no freaking clue. And now I just kick myself every day. Right. Just like, going, oh my god, man! I oh, saw no. so many, so many. I can this only is a imagine target-rich environment where I'm at is a very target-rich environment. I mean, there's there's a lot of desirable things to see here, and there's a lot of records here to be had. You know, but like I said, it's very cutthroat now and people are vicious. I mean, I mean, it's like, I swear to God, I was, I was going to a, to a garage sale and, and, and there's no one there yet. I, 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 I parked and I'm walking uh, to this thing and here comes a car. This guy, his wife's driving. This guy literally while the car is moving, jumps out of the moving vehicle because he sees me heading there, jumps out of the vehicle and gets the garage. You got records. <laughs> I started laughing, man. I was like, "Oh, oh my God, dude, you risk life and limb for this." I'm like, he you jumps out of like, a, yeah, a cannibal roll. He literally wow. jumped out of the freaking car, and I'm like, oh, oh, "Dude, you, you can have them." <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> so I like, but what I do now is like, like I'll go go to Craigslist and I'll go to the garage sales that don't list records, and I'll say, "Hey, are you selling records?" Hmm. And if you are, because those are the ones that you know people are always going to gravitate to the ones that say they're selling records. I ask the people who aren't say, are you selling records or do you know, or are you, you know, a lot of people say I'm not selling now, but I'll take your number and, and I'm getting ready to get rid of. So that's, that's all, yeah. you, you've got to hustle, you know, if you really want it, you got to hustle. That's why, you know, people, people get mad at someone like Rob the wax. They go, dude, you're always, I'm like going, I give him mad pro. I mean, he puts in the work, you know, that's I mean, that's, that's what you have to do. You know, I mean, if, if you want those records, you have to go do that. 
You know, that's yeah. what you have to do. Now you raise a good point about that tactic because, and, and so I'm probably telling on myself here, but you know, like during the pandemic, even before when we go to yard sales, looking for like used video games, like old Nintendo carts. Right. And we learn from the YouTube channels that specialize in that stuff is like, if they don't have it, ask for it. Exactly what you're talking about because you don't know them. Like, Oh yeah, I've got a stack of records in the back. I'm going to get it out because exactly the, the ones that are targeted, they're going to get a lot of foot traffic. I've done it when I've had yard sales. Like I'm getting off a lot of doubles and triples and just junk. Right. There's people waiting, like literally line of people. Like you're like, you're giving away money and it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like you're going to be really disappointed when you see these records, but okay, thanks for coming. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about, uh, and this is something I want to learn about. It's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, uh, the ripping element. And, you know, to me, you know, I'm thinking, and if I'm talking too general or, or let's get deep into it, but you'll get a record for whatever reason, you know, it could be a first pressing. It could be a matrix that you've been looking for, et cetera. Then it's, it feels like then you'll, you'll rip it from the actual physical to your software. So kind of walk us through that process of, you know, what you're looking to do. Are you collecting like a giant database of all the best sounding? Like, Take us on that walk. Well, I mean, I started um, in 2008 because I, I got the CD of ZZ Top. Um, I think it was probably Trace Ombres, and they re-recorded the drums. It like it, and they and they put like freaking 80s Simmons drum sounds on oh. it. And it sounded horrible, and I was like, "This is not what this album should sound like." And, I, and you know, I was a I was a computer guy. You know, I worked at Microsoft. You know, plus I, I was in, I worked for bands. I know about inputs, outputs. I know how to use a mixer. You know, so so I'm like going, you know. I should be able to get a turntable and like with an analog to digital converter, you know, record it to my, at least to my computer, you know, and, and trap. This is when iPods were coming out and I was like, I want to take my music with me. But so I got a turntable, I got it and, and I recorded it and I was going, wow, this sounds really good. You know, I was like going, wow, this sounds really good. I was way better. So I, so I got an album. I think I got like a Ambrosia album that I had a CD of and I recorded that. I go, wow, this sounds so much better than the CD. And I was mm -hmm. like, going, Hmm. You know, so then I started getting better equipment and just better technique and, you know, just kind of stacking, 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 you know, and then I started releasing some of this stuff on, you know, torrent sites and stuff like that, you know, just to talk about it, you know, and then I had a website where people would come in, they would offer me records to record, you know, so people were all over the world were sending me records that I never would have had the opportunity to, hmm. to have in my hand, you know, so I'm learning about, about all these genres of music as well. And so, so what happens is, let's say I get a record. Um, so, so that record right up there, that big D, this record right here, this happens to be uh, the band that our, our good buddy Nick Pantasy was in. Oh, so, okay. Nice. So Nick, Nick Pantasy sent me this record and said, hey, I want you to record this um, if you want to. If you want to record this? And I said, sure, I'd love to. You know, I've done a couple of bip-bop booms and, you know, uh, I've done several of uh, Mark uh, Project Gemini's yeah. and I've done uh, mm -hmm. David Donnelly's uh, stuff. So I, I said, man, I would love to do it. So he sent me the record. I go through my cleaning process, which is very detailed. I won't get into, into that. <laughs> then I put it on my turntable, which is downstairs. Um, I have a vintage turntable up here. And that goes into um, my analog to digital converter, which is also a, um, a click remover, um, which has 10 levels. I always leave it on three, never go higher than three because it kind of kills the transients a little bit. Um, most people don't notice, but I do. And then it goes into a USB stick at uh, 24 bit and 192 kilohertz, which is very high resolution. Mm -hmm. Pretty much that, that, when they did the Beatles stereo box set, that's what they did it off 24, 192 files. So I get that. I put it into 
my software and I go through and I listen in between tracks and kind of like get rid of the vinyl noise, listen for any clicks, you know, that I might have missed. And then I split it up by tracks and then I have the full album, you know, and then I tag it and then I have the full album available to listen to. And um, so that's that's kind of in a very, very, very small nutshell how that works. How, uh, you know, talking about the bit size, right? Like I remember, and I'm telling on myself, I was like a lot of people out in college. I was doing Napster. I was doing LimeWire. I was doing all the torn stuff. But, 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 but you're talking, yeah, but yeah, Pirate Bay. I mean, I was all over the place. But, uh, you know, talking about 192, right? Like that's going to, over time, if, if all the files are that size, it's going to take a lot of size. What kind of what kind of hard drive situation do you have? Do you have like a whole room that's just wall to wall or what's that look like? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I start at 192, but then as, as soon as I get it, I resample it to 2496, and that's where I leave it. So I want to get all the information at, at 24192, but if you have a really good resample algorithm, you can pretty much keep almost all that intact, all, almost all of the, the sound quality intact. So I found that 2496 is a good compromise for me. Okay. Um, and so for all of this, I have... I have one network attached storage device that is probably 24 terabytes. Um, and then I have a, then I have USB bad backups and stuff. So, so being an IT guy, I have it covered. Well, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> you threw in the Microsoft piece and just from, just from listening to you over the, you know, the years, I can tell that you definitely like, that's right where your, 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 your lane is. Yeah, um, so. Is there is there an end game? Is there like, are you trying to, you know, and I say this because I thought there was, well, well, I, I know like when I was like getting all these files online years ago, I was like, I'm going to have everything, you know what I mean? I had like backup hard drive. I had the fattest iPod so I could, you know, I thought I was going to have millions of songs. And then at some point you're like, you can't have it all. So, so for you, is there, is there an end game or is it, is it genre specific? Like how, what is the motivation and, and, and sub question, how do you uh, archive and catalog all this stuff? I'm assuming you have spreadsheets and you have, you know, easy recall points. I have a, a for for cataloging. I use Foobar 2000, which is what I also play on my live streams and when I'm on my computer. So that has a great. So it just goes out and reads everything. It just adds in the library and it it's got all my tags and everything set up. So so that's that's pretty easy. There is somebody who is who's done a spreadsheet um, over the years. I don't do it, but uh, he he'll actually he's he actually tracked it by hardware and date. And so it's got <laughs> it, it's pretty. Yeah, it's one of the one of those like you know anal really you know in depth guys, and he's sure. done an amazing job with it. And I'm like, well, I don't remember doing that, you know. So I've been doing this a lot. I don't remember, you know. Simply say, someone will say, "Do you have that record recorded?" I'm like, going, oh, no. Oh yeah, I do. So, <laughs> so as far as an end game, you know, it, it's funny because I I, I I all the time I think there's an end game, and then I get into something, you know, I get back into. So I go, it, it's ebbs and flows, you know. I I. I go through periods where I'm not into it. And then there's periods where I am into it right now. I'm at a period where I'm very into it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going back and re-recording everything that I used to do. Every time I make a hardware change, I used to go back and re-record everything. So mm -hmm. I have like 17 versions of rush moving pictures, you mm -hmm. know, with different hardware iterations. I've got, 17 versions of Metallica Master of Puppets. There's certain albums that I just have so many, you know, that I can I can tell you exactly what the difference is when you change from this cartridge to that cartridge to that phono pre every time. You know, so I've I haven't done that in like three or four years, and that's helped my mental sanity. Um but you know, I would sit there and people would generously send me the records over again, even from overseas, you know. So 
So it's, it's when people, so I've been getting a lot of people since I've been doing YouTube that have been sending me their lists of records that they have. So I'm, I'm to me, it's like I'm mining more, sure. more vinyl gold from, from these connections, you know, and stuff that I never would have heard of. Like I said, you know, people like John, John Bitba Boom will send me records. Thor will send me records. You know, Nick Pantasy sends me records. Mm -hmm. Lots of people send me records to do that. I like, I may, maybe never have heard of, or, uh, I have a guy in Scotland send me a stack of freaking UK 45s, mm. you know, because because in England and that in Europe, you know, they listened to totally different bands than we did, at, right. you know, that at that time, you know, a bunch of 80s stuff that I never would have heard of, you know. So I've been very fortunate in that way, and I can I consider myself very fortunate. I mean, people are getting stuff out of it too. I'm providing a service for them, huh. but I'm getting as much out of it as they are, you know. So. So I don't look at it as like me doing a favor for them. I look at look at us doing a favor for each, each other. other. Yeah, that makes sense. Is there a like a subculture? Like if you were, you know, because I know like now you, you've readopted the PB Thal name, and we can kind of talk about that here shortly. But um, is there like a like a community within a community? Of, and again, I'm using air quotes. Is there like a ripping community? Is it like on message boards? Like how do you communicate oh, yeah. with other rippers, so to speak? Well, first off, most other rippers are, are have had egos, and um, and so there there was um there was you know cause, well I mean because when people comment you know they go man it's the best I've ever heard this sound and if you and and, and as a ripper if you had done that same record right. and someone says that you're like going hey I think mine you know and and I I mean I have an ego I mean I, anybody that does this and says they don't have an ego is lying to you okay um, you know but uh but you know I. It, the, the, a long time ago, things were things were contentious or, or, or with with some people. People accused me of like ripping CDs and calling them vinyl. You know, it got really. Oh. I mean, it, yeah, it's crazy because um, I was very prolific. You know, because I because like I said, I had a very streamlined process. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so but but yeah, there is a community and um, and you know people that you know listen to this stuff and collect this stuff are pretty broad. I mean, I would say it's um, you know, I mean. There's enough people uh, that th th do it that have that have been doing this stuff. That I mean, if you go to like Chat GPT and search for PB Thal, you can actually get information that's actually pretty oh. accurate. That's what shocked shocked me. I was like, going, wow, okay. So, <laughs> and is and is this information? Is this? I'm picturing it like I'm not going to say the dark web because that's kind of humorous. But but wh where where are these places? These hangouts or these information shares or like you said, like somebody commenting that man this rip is like the best or, or that's there are websites you know i i have a website a private website there's other private websites you know that have been around for a mine's been around in one iteration or another since 2010 okay. um others have been around since probably like i mean i was one of the first to have a website um most everybody else it all started on places like demonoid you know before pirate bay there was demonoid and um but and then there was news groups and people would post to that mm -hmm. so and so, but on my site, I probably have like 500 plus users on my site. And, you know, we, we talk about people, people sit there and say, this sounds better than that. You know, so that's, that's where I get my consensus of what pressing sounds best to most people is from, from that. So does it go as deep? And, and this is this, and I apologize if I sound like a novice when I say some of this stuff, but like when I'm on the Hoffman forums, for example, mm -hmm. and I, and some people are like new release, it, it could be whatever. And then they start doing the decibel, you know, comparisons. I mean, that's where they lose me because I'm like, that's the, really the DR good. meter, the DR right, meter. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm like more power to them. If that's what floats your boat, I think that's cool for you. But like for me, I'm like, I, that's, that's, that's a little over my head. So is, is it is as intense as that where people are literally like doing like comparisons of, 
of like meters or, or decibel rank. So, some people do. I don't do the DR meter. I don't care. You know, I mean, <laughs> I can tell if it's, if it's, if it's compressed or not, I don't need a, a number to tell me, you know, and the numbers can be fudged. You can do things to make the numbers bigger mm. or smaller if you want to. So I, I've never done a DR meter rating or anything like that. That's like not my thing. You know, I just use my ears and if I like it, I like it. You know, that's how I've always been. So, I, I, like I said, I'm not an analog purist. I'm not a, you know, anti-digital guy. Because mm-hmm. I'd be an idiot. I'd be a hypocrite because all the stuff that I do is goes to digital. So, I'd be a <laughs> hypocrite. You know, yeah. oh, I hate digital. Oh, wait a minute. I got 10,000 <laughs> digital, digital rips here. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I, so I so when all the DSD gate MoFi stuff happened like a year ago, like you were just like, okay, on to the next. Like this I don't is care. News. I mean, some of that stuff still stands up to me, you know, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, some of the, some of the stuff is, is, is still better. I don't care if it's got a DSD step or not. If it, if it sounds great, it sounds great. I don't care. I mean, the Rolling Stone stuff was in DSD. A lot of that stuff is in, mm-hmm. was, was at DSD. So, yeah. I'm not a purist in any, any sense of the word. And so kind of back, we're talking about end goal is, is something at least one of the areas you hone in on trying to find a definitive best pressing, for example, like, you know, the, the flavor of the last couple of years since the MoFi stuff is pe- certain people getting back into or, or getting to originals. Like I've always tried to collect the originals, like all my want lists and this guy's it's all originals. Right. But you know, certain people are like, I'm, I, originals have to be the best. In a lot of cases, that's true. Is it something where you will get, you know, a title and then because we go into the matrix part too, because I think that's so fascinating because trying to like chase the, the definitive, like you have to sample a lot of different types before you can weigh in on it. Is that well you have to that, you have to care enough about the record to, to well, watch true. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. if you're just picking up like Barbara Streisand, like nobody cares, right? But well, but know, if it's but if it's like a Beatles record, like I, I know you talk about the one A one B stuff, which I had never heard about before until I listened to you talk about it. I mean, that kind of stuff where you get down into the minutia is that kind of oh, what yeah. like fuels your fire in terms of the ripping and then also chasing these different pressings. Yes, I mean that that was always my goal was to was to basically preserve what I felt were the best sounding pressings of of my favorite uh, my favorite albums or albums that people recommended. You know, because all this shit, all this stuff is going to be going away at some point. All the right. tapes will be gone, and you know, already tapes are gone. Like I, I, I would, I would say that I have a Zombies, Odyssey, and Oracle UK mono pressing that's probably as good as it's ever going to sound. Any no CD is ever going to sound better because the tape's gone, and the mm-hmm. tapes are, and they don't even have those tapes anymore. So, a there, there's a there's an underlying feeling sometimes when I'm when I'm on live streams or talking to people. You know, there's a faction in the vinyl community that says it's just about the music, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, for me, it's it's about the music first. But once I love a record, I'm not going to be happy with it as as an MP3 or, you know, something I got off Napster. If it's just about the music for you, then you won't care what it sounds like. You just want the music. And there's there's a faction of people that do that. But once I if I had if I like a piece of music at that point, I want to get to where I get the best sounding version of that music that I love. You know, it's not that it's not that I'm chasing something because it's audiophile or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm chasing something because I want the very best sounding version of Pink Floyd Wish You Were Here, an album that is near and dear to my heart. So that's my motivation is because if I like something, I want to have the best of the best sound of that album. You know, if I don't like something, I don't care. It's like if I don't like the music, you know, people send me stuff that I don't like musically and I'll record it because either it's rare or, you know, it's in demand, you know, I, I do that for other people, not for myself, 
you know, but I, I don't go chasing the best sounding ones of those because I don't really care. Whatever they send me is what I'll do. But yeah, you know, I mean, once I like something, I do want the very best sounding pressing. And, and over time, you know, that changes, you know, there are times, I mean, there's like a good case in point is ACDC back in black. I've always thought that, you know, the Robert Ludwig was a all be all no questions asked, you know, I, over, you know, yeah. and, and so, and then I've been reading the Hoffman, I mean, Hoffman forms a great place for information and misinformation, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, and arguments, but there, I started reading about this maxi cut thing in, in Australia, you know, which was a cutting process. They used, they, they modified a cutting lathe and there was a maxi cut process. So there was a maxi cut back in black. I think Jason Rojas was the first person to mention it. Hmm. And I'd heard maxi cut because I had, a, had a little river band greatest hits that sounded phenomenal. That was a, that was a maxi cut. Mm-hmm. And so, so I got a maxi cut ACDC and I was going, holy shit, this sounds great. You know? So there, then, then I started going into a maxi cut rabbit hole <laughs> and I started like, started yeah. like finding other pressing other albums. I've got like five maxi cuts that are probably coming this week from Australia. Because, you know, you get into that rabbit hole and stuff you thought you knew, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, I, I know what the definitive Dire Straits is. I know what the definitive Rolling Stones tattoo you is. Well, I don't know now because I've got mm. these maxi cuts coming and we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very interesting. You know, you never know, you know, even after all these years, you can still find stuff, you know, that you didn't know and, and unearth that stuff. So well, how on do a case by case basis. Well, how do you feel about, because we, we do uh, right now, it's a very fertile time for collecting in the sense that there's so many reissues and there seems to be the perceived value of a lot of work being put into them. For example, the Atlantic 75 that Chad's doing and that sort of thing. If you've got a, a, a title, like you said, like we'll just say, wish you were here for the sake of this conversation. And you feel like you've found the definitive recording of that. And then they come out with another one. How motivated are you to track that down? Is it something where you, you can wait till somebody in your orbit gets a copy and sends it to you? Or because that title is important to you, you'll go get your own copy, rip it, and then make your own assessment and then maybe put it in the auction? It would depend. It, 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 it would depend on, on the provenance of the, and, who, and who is doing it. And, and I would probably – there's a price point that I would, I would sit there and say, am I comfortable you know, mm-hmm. for something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I'm sitting here like going, I don't want to spend $200 on, on, on a, on a one step that, that is not going to be superior to what I already have. You know, sure. um, I, 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 I start with the originals and I go, and then, then I take reissues on a case by case basis. So, so I do have, I do, I did, I have, I have a UK Phil Collins face value. I have a George Piros face value. And I think I have a Monarch face. So I have, I had three, at least two or three, you know, face values and i got the i got the ap45 i was not disappointed that i got the ap45 so i'll <laughs> leave it at that so i thought I, I thought they did an excellent job on that and i'm looking forward to some of the other titles like i'm really looking forward to the s album i've been bitching about the s album being redone for god <laughs> knows how long you, patrick <laughs> <laughs> i know they, they didn't do it for me but but i mean i've been bitching about that for so long i'm like going why can't you redo the s album you always do fragile. You always do close to the edge. You know, why not? They even did like the freaking, they did the first album. Kevin Gray did a great RSD to, uh, reissue of that. But yeah, but yeah, I'm so happy about that. So uh, the analog productions, you know, uh, as much fun as I make of Chad, you know, they, they do good work. I mean, I mean, I, I don't think anybody can say that they do crappy work. I mean, uh, has everything been a home run? Pretty much almost everything they've done has been a home run. High batting records for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, classic records before to me was hit or miss. But but the Chad Analog Productions, the stuff that I've had, and I have quite a few. The stuff and I, I I like I love them all. 
you know, so I haven't gotten rid of one because I thought it was bad, hmm. you know, so. Even Pretzel Logic, you know, that was the punching bag, the, uh, the uh, I didn't get Pretzel Logic. I didn't get Pretzel Logic. Okay. So, okay. so I, I, I was, I knew that people would send me to Steely Dan's and I have enough Steely Dan's, you know, that, that I figured it would be close. And I, I did a, I did a very, very, very well, well done shootout of, of Can't Buy a Thrill and the results were interesting. As, as always. Well, you raise a good point about uh, shootouts. So when you see uh, other channels doing shootouts, is there a natural skepticism? Because I think, like and you said, the Hoffman forms, I know this is an Hoffman forms all the time. Everybody in their tagline has their gear because that's one of the first things people will say, as opposed to like, like, like a goof like me. And I'll just say, this is my first impression. I'm not a reviewer. I don't have the, the killer setup. I don't have the two bams. This is just what I think. This is my impression. But when people do a definitive shootout, at least project a definitive shootout yes. you kind of roll your eyes or does it really depend on a case by i roll case? my eyes when anybody says definitive okay. <laughs> i roll my eyes at that at that 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 is that 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 one word caused so much dissension amongst you know by the vinyl ripping community okay. i mean that one word somebody somebody puts definitive and it's like well okay now you just said that, that, that it can never be beaten and what you what mm-hmm. you've done is is the best of the best and you're never going to get everybody to agree. I mean, no. I don't care what you say, you know. So, so I I took a step back and I said, you know what, man, it's not up to me to tell people what's definitive or what they like. That's why I do my shootouts the way I do them. I do them blind. You you decide for yourself. I'll tell you what I tell you what you listen to after a while. But you know, I want you to decide what you like best. Don't let me tell you. And I don't want you know. So people people get in love with a you know this is a confirmation bias thing. You know if if you know that you know the, this record is a two hundred dollar record and this record is a dollar record, and you listen to them side by side, you're instantly going to be gravitate towards the two hundred dollar record because it's supposed to sound better. It's, it's like hardware. Bias. Yep, yep. It's like hardware. People go, people look at a vinyl rip and they go, "Oh, he ripped it with this hardware. It's cost thirty thousand dollars. This guy's system only costs a thousand. This one has to be better." So people do that and, and people people do that all the time they they just equate dollars to good sound and that's really not not the case in my opinion and i don't want to be the one to say this is the best i let people decide for themselves i may give my opinion afterwards sure. but i don't want to be the one to preaching at them saying no this is the best you know so yeah I, usually I yeah, I think a lot, a lot of, and, you know, we, we don't rehash it, but people hear things differently. Equipment's different. Yeah. The room exactly. is set up differently. There's so many or, different or they variables. Like more or they like more trouble. I right. mean, yeah, it's not up to me to tell you. And 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 don't get mad because I don't like what you don't like. It's not <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm. It's not like I'm criticizing you. you How you make fun of children? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you didn't play on the record unless it's like Nick's band. You know, I said, oh, you were horrible in that. You know, but I mean, <laughs> unless you're in the band, you know, I mean, chill out a little bit. You know, we yeah. all take things a little bit too seriously sometimes. Me included. I, I agree. I agree. It's easy to do. All right, Patrick. Well, we're in the now. We're in the portion of the program called the lightning round. Okay. It's, just, it's just some quick hitters, but we can dig deep on there. But talking about collecting, you know, one of the things I really still enjoy is few and far between now, but when you're out hunting and, and you find something and you kind of go, oh, wow, I call it the oh, shit. Oh, shit. Like you're really surprised. But it could be the prize. It could be the pressing, whatever. What is probably top tier, top Mount Rushmore of finds like that you've had? What was oh, that's easy for me. Easy okay. for me. So I was at a. I was at a garage sale from a guy who was a record seller, who's a who's a who's a guy that used to go to flea markets and sell records. This was his overflow. This was mm-hmm. his overflow oh, in his garage. He used, to have it, he used to have it like once once a year, and I'm like there, and I'm digging and looking through all this shit, you know. And and nowadays, there's be great shit like lots of Def Leppard, Fleetwood Mac, and 
But I pull out a Paul McCartney Ram album, and this is something I always did for some reason, one of the records I always did. And I opened it up, I pull it out, and I'm looking for in Capitol Records back, Apple Records back then, MAS meant mono and SMAS meant stereo. And so I, I open it, and the mono Paul McCartney Ram, there's there's only a hundred of them made. They were only sent oh, wow. to radio stations. Okay. I open it and I open it and I see MAS on there. And and I was like going. I literally said, oh, fuck. I, <laughs> I put the record back. I had a stack of records like this. I put I put those records down. My cat says, hey, Diva. I, I, I grabbed the record. I looked I looked around. I saw him. I saw his wife. I went to his wife. And I said, I got one. Everything was a dollar. Everything was a dollar. I got one record. I got a dollar. She goes, here, a dollar. I gave it to her, ran to my car, <laughs> and then came, went home, um, cleaned it up, recorded it, and I sold it for like $1,700. Uh. Wow! So that was that. That was that was the that was the moment for me. Did you squeal the tires? Did you squeal your tires leaving that? <laughs> no, but I but my, my heart rate was probably like 140. But I mean, wow. I was like, I, I, I instantly, and not being sexist though, I instantly bypassed him and went right to his wife because I knew she was not even going to care. Strategy, so, strategy, nothing wrong. Yeah, get get that shit out of here. He just so, wants yeah. the money. Yeah, she wants to get it yeah. out and get it. I, I've been to enough yard sales to know who the power brokers are. Exactly. Maybe. Uh, let's talk about grading, right? Because grading, kind of like listening and, and, and sound can be subjective. Now there's standards. There's the goldmine standard. There's that thing, the basic universal grading system. Where do you kind of fall on that? Because it, depending on who you talk to, somebody's VG plus could mean somebody's excellent, could mean somebody's mint. I mean, it, well, some people won't even allow the word excellent. So, I mean, they no, I agree. I, I, I wish personally, before I I'll kind of lead the witness here, I wish there was just like a uniform way and we could, again, getting everyone to agree, like you said earlier, next to impossible. But but let's quit making up the VG plus, plus, plus. Like, what does that even mean? Like, where do you fall on the grading? <laughs> well, I sell a lot of records. And so I try to undergrade because I don't want records coming back. And, and full disclosure, I think I probably had, four records been sent back to me and the entire time I've been selling records, I've probably sold several thousand records. So, so I just don't want them coming back. So I try to undergrade and I try to, and, mm -hmm. and I clean the shit out of them. And I try to listen to, to almost all of them, at least, at least part of them, at least partially, you know, so I can get a feel, you know, and after a while you can tell looking at a record, like, okay, you know, this is what, what this is what i think it is you know i'll probably say look man it's got a i'll, I'll just describe the record i won't even give it a grade you know mm -hmm. unless somebody asks me i'll sit there and say you know it's got a couple of hairlines some paper marks other than that you know no spindle wear looks glossy you know and if i play it you know played great you know no minor surface noise you know i give it a bg plus you know and i tend to like you know look it's got bg plus with maybe a few vg moments here and there you know, or, you know, I try to be as descriptive as possible. And I always mm -hmm. tell people, if you don't agree with my grading, I will, you know, let's make it work. Like I said, but the most important thing is that people trust you, you know, when you're trying to get rid of sell records. And that's what grading is all about is you're trying to sell a record, right? You know, Definitely. you don't well, grade I mean, records just to tell people, you know, you don't grade say, Hey, look, this is my record. It's near mint, you know, right. let's and then try put to it sell back it. on the show. Yeah. 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 No, I understand. No, I'm, I'm with you. I always undergrade. I mean, to yeah. me, as soon, and this is probably foolish, but as soon as I open a brand new record, it automatically becomes VG plus to me just because, oh, yeah, for because, sure. you know, I've, I've ever broken the seals. Anytime I see someone advertising mint, it's an automatic disqualifier because I don't only feel it's mint, mint is sealed. Only thing it's mint is sealed. Right. It's well, even, thing. even then, you know, like I've talked, yeah, you about never know, channel before. you never know if it's been stored terribly for, if it's dead stock, it's 40 years old and yeah, it's been sealed. Yeah. And then you open it and then literally it's like a 45 degree angle. 40 it's years like, old is like presumed mint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. let's talk about one thing uh, circling back to the auction piece because 
you, you do move a lot of records through the auction technique and through on YouTube and so forth. And a lot of other channels are doing that now. And this is no shame in that game. But um, like you said, having like subject matter expertise and credence, like you said, like with your grading and that sort of thing. Is auctions how you move most of your move off most of your records now, or do you kind of go all over the place? Where do you sell records mostly? I just do auctions now. I used to do eBay, you know, but I mean all the fees and stuff. But I'd rather sell to someone that I know. I mean, most people that buy the records I sell, I know, um, and so I like the fact that you know someone I know has the record now, and that way they trust me. And if there's a problem, I know it's not going to be a hassle. You know, it's like they got a problem. You know, we work it out, and you know that's how how it goes. But there's only been four times someone has you know returned a record. Sure. So. I, I, I find it enjoyable. I, I enjoy the auction process. It's a lot of fun. It's funny. It's good hanging out, you know, and, and I like to think that I'm imparting some wisdom on people because I try to talk about the pressing, you know, and, and, and you know, interest, you know, something about the album like, oh, you know, this is, you know, this is a Terre Haute press. This is a Columbia Santa Maria press. This is why you want the Columbia Santa Maria press. Mm -hmm. This is who mastered it. This is what you're looking for. This is what's in the dead wax, you know, so. So I try to make it educational as well. Oh, awesome. Where do you uh, enjoy listening to your records the most? Because most times when we see on camera, it's in that spot. Or when you're doing rips, it's just it's just the camera's on your turntable. Do you have a dedicated like listening room or center that you just that's where you want to listen to it in, just for the art of listening to it? In my living room, I have a I have a I have a I have a streamer, a Logitech transporter that um that, that is hooked up into all my albums. I have some some I just bought, you know, this these, these CAF uh, reference threes. Um which is like the first new audio big purchase other than my turntable that I bought in years. And I bought like a, like a shit VDAR to um, power amp. And so I just go from, from the streamer into my home theater and I preamp out into the shit VDAR into the Kef monitors. And that's how I listen to, if I'm going to sit down in a sweet spot and listen, just listen to music like that, that's how I'll do it. But a lot of times I, I listen on my bike rides. I have like some really nice Westone monitors and, um, and I listen to the, I have a ni very nice digital audio player and I'll get on my bike. And I, I live in a beautiful area that has lots of bike trails and stuff that I can go ride. And I'll go ride for an hour and a half, two hours and just listen to music in my headphones, just, just me, my bike and the, and, and just completely, these are completely isolating headphones. Um, and I don't ride on the street because it's all bike trails. So oh, okay. I, well, I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming you have a street bike. Do you have like, like the carbon fiber frame and all that kind of stuff? Are you really into that? Yeah, I have a recumbent actually. I have a recumbent bike, and so oh yeah, and yeah, so yeah. and so I do probably like twenty twenty five miles every day. Uh, I try to like six days a week. Um, but yeah, so I do a lot of listening that way as well. Awesome. What does Discogs mean to you? Discogs is a great resource and also a a inflated cost gauge that people use as a as a tool to gouge people and and don't really realize what actually the true cost of a record is so people people tend to take the median value of discogs as the bible and it's awesome. not really, yes yeah well especially i've noticed maybe you've noticed it too at record fairs record shows in the last like two to three years it seems to be that that is the gospel because when you look things up because folks you should look things up if you're about to buy a record at a record fair yes. um I'll be able to <laughs> but it, but it seems like that 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 the pricing has now at least reached that it's pretty much discogs median for the most part. Every once in a while, you can get a good deal or you can catch someone who's there's being a, reasonable. But it, it there's seems a record store here that does discogs high for everything. No, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, well, uh, that said, do you think that pricing? This is kind of the next question. The biggest change in the last ten to fifteen years of collecting. 
Is it price? Is it oh, yeah. the, the internet? Is it the Discogs factor? Or is it a combination of all of them? I think a lot of it is people are becoming more educated. And so, mm -hmm. uh, and that, and that's partially our fault. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, people are, I, I swear, you know, I, I, five years ago, I could go to a record show or a record, record show and not see one seller that would list something as a Monarch pressing or a Ludwig. Now I go and I avoid these. I'll go to those sellers last. I, I swear to God, I will. Mm. If, I, if I see somebody that says Monarch, this like that, that means they know what they're doing somewhat. I'll go to the guy that's got his stuff in a tub, you know, it looks like he just <laughs> oh, pulled man. it out of the garage. Yeah, I, I will. You know, I, I want those people that aren't clued in to, to buy from. I mean, those are the people where you're going to get the deals. The guy that knows about freaking Porky and, you know, Peco Duck and Bilbo and, and all that shit. That's not the guy you're going to get a deal from. No, you're going to, you're going to get market rate. You're going to get some neat stuff probably, but yeah, you're exactly right. And, and you're, and it's funny you said that because, one of my shows, a friend of mine, one of his stores, he now he starts listing Winchester pressing. Like he's even stepped up the knowledge base, which I think is it's cool in the sense that if you get the serious collector in there who's looking for a specific pressing plant, great. But I'm 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 with you. When I see more information, when I see the grading slips, <laughs> like all right, I'm like, uh oh, this this is a real deal. Yeah, I'm gonna go look for Tubman or yes. or a guy who's got records forwards and backwards in the cardboard <laughs> box like those are my people they're always going to be my people guy who looks so out of place at the record show you're looking at him like going okay man this is the guy i need to go to so that so tomorrow morning i'm going to go uh, maybe I'll, I'll maybe i'll film and say this is the guy i'm looking for right here when i go go there i'm going to go you got to add the special effects the where it has a target like the terminator <laughs> yeah. you know do, do, do. yeah, yeah it's target funny. locked yeah right Objective acquired. Yeah. yeah, but then again, conversely, you don't want the guy who's there to just show his records. The guy who lugs in the same records, show after show after show, yes. never lowers his prices, but but he's there to talk about his records and to have you tell him how awesome his record collection is. We need to do a maybe we should do another video one of these days as a joint effort, Patrick, where we where we talk about we 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 lay it all out because I've 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 done a video about you know, bring cash. Here's your little tips for the record. I'm doing an article right now about that. Right? Well, that's why I say, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, a video would almost do it justice too, because you're exactly right. There's the, there's the guy who's there every time and he has the same inventory and it doesn't move. Why? Because no. it's price or overjudge or it's his, it's his baby, his collection. You know, there's one guy that at, at one of our local shows and this guy, he, ri he rips the music. So he has a, an accompanying CD. Like I bought a John Prine original pressing uh, first record from him and he had a whole write-up about about it and i was i was impressed but i was also like this is why this is overpriced because he put so much into not only writing this but then he ripped it and then he you know he didn't want to part with it for some reason but why did you bring it guy but i have a funny story about something like that so i was at a san francisco record show and so a guy had a cd of like the stuff like that and so I said, what's the CD? He goes, oh see I ripped this album here and I'm like oh really so what was your how did you rip he said well I got my he had, he had like a Crosley table. He's like going, I'm like going, I'm going, dude, that's really. And I, I, I said, man, you know, no offense. That's not really a high quality rip. And he looked at me and goes, who do you think you are? PB Thal? And I said, yeah, actually I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I hope I he was mean, wearing I, the brown I, pants I, that day. <laughs> I just, I just, I just like go, yeah, I am. You know, it's like, okay. So that was pretty funny. I thought that, that was hilarious. That's so. classic. I love it. Uh, last one I got for you, Patrick, is, um, and I was kind of inspired by this because the Records Ready Black Friday list came out here recently. Um, do you participate in any of these uh, record holidays, Record Store Day, Record oh, yeah, Store Day, Black I try Friday? There, there's a store here that's about 30 miles from me. 
It's called Cherry Records. And actually, I've met Poetry on Plastic there a couple of times. We dug there together. Um, but he does record store day. He gets all, almost all the titles, but no one goes there. It's like, I can go mm -hmm. there. I can go there. There's no line, no nothing. I get right in mm -hmm. and I just pick pick my shit, you know, and go. So, yeah, I go every, every time, you know. I mean, there's there's usually one or two things. Th this is going to be tough, this one, though. I mean, there's not much on this one that I found really interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I tried, I, I definitely go, you know, I mean, I go, I go more, mostly to support the record store, yes. you know, I'll go buy other stuff, you know, every time I go, you know, so it's not, I mean, I, I'm one of those people that, that go to the record store anyway, you know, record store days meant to get people the Taylor Swifties and all those people out right, there that, right, don't, right. that don't go to the record store in there, maybe hook them a little bit, which I think it's working because I see a lot more younger, younger people at the record stores and record shows and women, you know, than I did ever before, but yeah. So I do participate, yes. Awesome. And last one I got for you. Now, now that you've gone back to PB Thal. Yes. What? What are we going to have a, a, a burial at sea, or a, what they call a Viking funeral for the vinyl archivist? And are we going to release it into the ether so someone else can now become the vinyl archivist themselves? Well, I think I'll always be the vinyl archivist. But the reason why I did the PB Thal thing was because because uh, uh, I did an interview with Darko Audio as PB Thal because that, that that's one of those moments where where he did a he did a thing on Talking Heads and he said you know I'm no PB Thal and somebody told me about it you know and so and so I reached out to him and said hey I am PB Thal if you need any help you know whenever you you know about this stuff let me know he said no but I'd like to interview you and I said okay so I said well if he's going to interview he's interviewing me as PB Thal not as the vinyl archivist because that's he doesn't really know who the vinyl archivist is and and most people to be honest know PB Thal way more than the vinyl archivist um, at least in the general terms of, of 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 the of the vinyl universe um pb thal's a much bigger bigger name than the vinyl archivist plus i always got shit you know you're not a real archivist you know so <laughs> <laughs> well well then how, how did how did you segue off of the name was there a controversy was did someone uh license it like wh why did why did pb thal kind of take a back seat and then the vinyl archivist take the front seat for a minute there well because i didn't want to i wanted to to basically Make, have have my YouTube channel stand on its own. I didn't want to. I didn't want to to just you know ride the coattails of being PB Thal. I wanted to establish myself as me and not you know. And also because you know, I mean, I I had some I had some moments. I mean, I I literally kicked out eight thousand people from my website overnight. You know, so I said you know because I just got tired of people not commenting or saying thank you and. So I did a search for all the people, you know, that had never left a comment or never said thank you. And I said, all right, you're gone. You know, mm -hmm. so so I was a bit petulant back in the day. <laughs> so so I made some I made some moves that made, made a few people angry. So I, I thought I, I'd just get a clean slate, start clean and not ride on those coattails. Witness you know? protection program. I can appreciate that. Yeah, that's a good move. <laughs> you know, so I wanted to, you know, see, can I stand on my own or do I need to like, you know, I don't want to rest on those laurels. So to quote unquote, you know, so. That that was the impetus behind. I wanted to be stand on my own two feet, basically, as me, you know, not as the entity known as PB Thal. But now you're merging the two. You're you're taking the two universes and putting them back together as you've re-adopted the PB Thal. I'm just trying to take over YouTube. That's that's uh, that, that's my that's my goal. <laughs> no, I figured since I was doing the Darko audio as PB Thal, it's a one-time deal. You know, I figured okay, you know, I mean. I mean, you know, people sit there and say, I don't care about subscribers and stuff, but I mean, I, I do want people to come, you know, and hang out, you know, I mean, that's how I expand my base of people that I get records from, you know, it's like people huh. come in and, and I meet them and then, you know, I get, you know, they send me records and that's how the thing continues. So it's not really about subscribers, reviews or anything for me. It's about expanding my, 
my, your my reach, your network, my, yeah. my reach, and also and also people people come in that know stuff. I mean, there's there's a couple of record executives that come to the live streams. You know, high level record executives. Um, that, that's also a benefit of like having auctions is you know where people live and know what their names are. So, <laughs> um, so so I mean, there's there, there's some people there, and and I I enjoy it because I learn a lot too. I mean, I I, I get as much as I give. I can probably get more than I give. You know, and so. And so I, I just enjoy, you know, when you find a group of people, you know, that you vibe with and have camaraderie with, you know, and, you know, then it, it's all, you know, like, like, I really like what you, what you do with your group of people. And it's a lot of fun the few times I've been there because I don't have to run the stream. I can just be, you know, part yeah. of the part of the group and have a good time. You know, and the people you have on your stream are all cool, fun people. And you get a group of people like that. You know, it's not all serious. It's not all, you exactly. know, and. You know, so my Friday streams are not all, we all have a good time. We just laugh and have a few beers and, you know, mm -hmm. so, so yeah, that's what I, th that's my social life out, you know, people who understand me and go, you know, cause you know, could sit there and go, okay, you know, I could talk about, you know, uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer UK pressing, you know, and people don't look at me like, God, you're a freaking geek, dude. You know, so, so you get, you get it. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. My, my poor wife has heard so much of this and I think it's, it's been a blessing that I've gotten to expand my social network when it comes to records because now I don't have to like inundate her with like look what I got you know you don't like you, know, you, news, you do yeah. your record hall video to her it's like oh look here's this <laughs> <laughs> here's my here's this yeah. she's like great uh, some more records great more packages out front great now I got it. Yeah. Patrick I appreciate the time sir I'm glad we could Thank do you. this I enjoyed it it yeah. was a lot of fun uh, check out Patrick's channel I'm gonna leave all the information in the show notes. But uh, definitely somebody that I learned from. Even and, and I know I've never bought anything from your auctions. I haven't watched your auctions before. There was one. There was a Fanny record I should have bought. I, it's my regret. <laughs> they had the Fanny first pressing white label promo for twenty eight bucks, and I didn't know you well enough at the time. And I was like, I'm just not going to do it. I don't want to like do this, but I should have. So next time I see something well, like that, if, don't worry. If I see another one, I will I will pick it up for you. My man, appreciate you, Patrick. Thanks for joining right. us on Vinyl Community. Thank Podcast. you very much. I love your channel, which you do, man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye. And that was another trip around the turntable. Thanks for listening to Vinyl Community Podcasts.